Hello, today is Monday, November 13th, 2023, and welcome to episode 275 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debates shaking up America. I'm NSI Senior Fellow Lester Munson, and I'm joined today by my other senior fellows, my fellow senior fellows, Morgan Vigna and Andy Kaiser. Today, we're going to talk about the APEX summit that is happening in the beautiful city by the bay, San Francisco, which is uh, newly cleaned up and scrubbed and looking fancy uh, for their big tour on the international stage. Uh, leaders from the Asia Pacific region, from the Indo-Pacific region, coming to San Francisco to discuss any number of issues. The big event, of course, is a face-to-face -face meeting between Chinese Premier Xi Jinping, American President Joe Biden. There's been some stir on this. Of course, the big news is what's happening in Gaza, but in the long run, this may be more significant to U.S. national interests, what's happening with respect to the bilateral relationship between uh, the U.S. and China. A lot of news kind of leading up to this event. There are nuclear talks between the U.S. and China that have just started in the last few days. Uh, the U.S. has been kind of laying the table for a resumption of direct military to military contacts uh, between the U.S. and China. It appears, uh, as my analysis would be, China in the last few days, in the last few months has shown its view of military to military communications to be hacking emails flying within 10 feet of American airplanes in international airspace, using lasers to distract our pilots. Uh, and we're uh, hoping for uh, a better phone call between our Secretary of Defense and China's military leaders. So, Morgan, I'm interested in your perspective in particular on this, uh, this idea that better communications between the two militaries is somehow a diplomatic achievement. Well, so I, I don't, I think it's worth noting here that this is the first time in, I think, over a year that Biden and Xi will have, have met. I mean, the whole Chinese spy balloon thing, which the United States, you know, did not uh, take aggressive action with respect to, uh, I think was a major failure, um, but also a major setback for relations, um, which has prevented Xi and, and Biden from, from sort of those diplomatic conversations. At the same time, though, the the mill to mill relationship, oftentimes between two countries, is the one that is stronger um, than than the political uh, part than the political rela relationship in many ways. Um, you know, elected officials will often you know stop talking to each other, and yet the mill mill communication um, remains strong, specifically for for national security interests on both sides. Uh, in this case, however, I, I think it is uh, surprising that those lines of communication between our militaries, the Chinese military and the U.S. military, have, have been cut. Uh, the restoration of them, the fact that that is the top priority uh, for the Biden administration going into this, this meeting is, I, I think, just demonstrates how far the U.S relationship with with China has has fallen. The fact that the US Chinese mill mill relations have have really deteriorated in in the past year, I think is pretty demonstrative of the fact that the Biden administration has been unable to actually outline a, a strategy as it relates to great power competition with Beijing. Andy, there's this amazing story in the Wall Street Journal this morning, at least in the hard copy it came out this morning. Uh, about some of the negotiations uh, between the U.S. and China over this summit. And, and it appears that one of the White House's major achievements is to get Xi Jinping to postpone a meeting with business leaders 
uh, until after he sits down to meet with Joe Biden. I guess initially the Chinese wanted to meet with the business leaders first. Interestingly, they're charging $2,000 a head for that meeting. Uh, but, but the White House convinced the Chinese leadership to postpone it until after the summit. What are your thoughts about the Biden administration's achievements here? Yeah, I think, unfortunately, they're kind of falling right in, into the Chinese trap, right? So um, and about about 20 years ago, I started going to China semi-regularly. And it was interesting then I noticed they would roll out the red carpet for the business leaders that were with us on these uh, delegation visits. Um, and they were nice to the government officials back in those days, but I noticed over the years that started to deteriorate, but they always kept a special focus on the business leaders and maintaining those relationships. And I didn't understand it at the time. It's clear as day to me now exactly what, what they're up to. They want to maintain those relationships to maintain a level of economic activity so they can uh, maintain a level of economic growth, which gives them the legitimacy they think they need to stay in power. They also want American business and Western business in China so they can continue to steal intellectual property, uh, copy our products, repurpose them, artificially compete against us. So clearly part of their strategy, it's not much of a win, um, you know, to delay a meeting, not delay a meeting. You saw this tit for tat when the Secretary of State arrived in Beijing where he was not greeted properly. The Chinese are very big on these slights. Uh, to me, this is, you know, sort of a, a sideshow and very unimportant to the uh, issue you mentioned earlier, like the nuclear talks. What's your uh, let's let's go do a quick survey around the horn. Um, Morgan, do you think uh, that the administration is going to be able to achieve any kind of uh, positive outcome here? In other words, do you is it are we going to get is the Biden administration going to get some good reviews for their meeting between Biden and Xi Jinping? Are there going to be any do outs that or or uh, kind of deliverables that are worth this uh, kind of crazy diplomatic effort here? I think both Beijing and Washington will try to come out uh, of this with you know, significant wins. Um, what those do outs are, though, I think remains to be seen and whether or not uh, they're they are achievable. Is, is something that we'll, we'll, we'll have to sort of keep track of down the road. Um, you know, Beijing in particular wants to ensure that the United States does, does not, uh, take any, I know, further action in support of Taiwan. Um, I think, Les, you were the one who actually noted the fact that, um, it was Nancy Pelosi who has really sort of dictated, uh, the U.S. policy with respect to Taiwan. And particularly with respect to her visit. Um, uh, and I think that's very notable. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how the administration responds to, to sort of Beijing's pressure on them moving forward. Andy, what do you think? How is this, how is this week going to be reviewed from the outside? Well, the location of the meeting makes me nervous. So we're in Silicon Valley, uh, close to Silicon Valley. I could just see, you know, one of their top priorities on the Chinese side, uh, loosening restrictions on export controls of key technologies like semiconductors. That would be uh, a huge mistake for the administration, Biden administration. I worry they're very willing to give away the store. I mean, they were, you know, sort of bent over backwards again to get some of these meetings, the secretary of state first, and now, uh, now the president. So I'm not, it's not clear to me what might come out of it other may, other than maybe some progress on the Israel Gaza situation, the war there. Um, 
you know, maybe somehow stifling is the wrong word, but tempering China's support for Hamas. Um, I'm sure will be a topic of discussion, but I worry about the location. I worry about these business leaders uh, getting in the ear of the administration while they're out there and sort of giving the way this, the store on, on these critical national security and technology issues. Yeah. You know, I, I want to be clear. I like business leaders. I like American business. I want them to all to make a lot of money and for us all to be thriving. But there's there's got to be some limits here. Uh, I, I here's here's my quick thought. I think if the administration really comes out looking like weak sauce, as it seems to be teed up right now, that you could actually galvanize a response in Congress. Congress, which has been kind of, uh, you know, unable to get, get out of their own mess for the last few months. This might actually galvanize, in particular, House Republicans and maybe even some Democrats to take some action. There is, as uh, Morgan, you kind of hinted, there's a huge opportunity here for Speaker Johnson. Maybe he could go to Taiwan or talk about a future trip and really start to drive a new agenda here. So I think the administration is actually in a much riskier position than they realize. They could they could provoke uh, a real reaction from the Article One branch of our fine government. Okay, that's a wrap. Thanks so much to Alex Toki, Claude Jennings, and the NSI staff for their help in producing today's episode. Join us again on Wednesday, November 15th, for another episode of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security and foreign policy debate shaking up America. Fault Lines is now on YouTube, so check out our channel for a video of today's episode. And if you like what you heard or saw, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah.